Hello, and welcome to the Lake Forest Church Huntersville Sermon Podcast. We are a community of skeptics, spiritual explorers, and longtime followers of Christ. To learn more about who we are as a church and how you can get connected, visit lakeforest.org. Now, here's a little story I got to tell about a church in town that you know so well. It's called Lake Forest and it's totally dope. It's filled with people that are filled with hope. What? What? Well, that's what? one way to start. Hey, Lake Forest, what? we thought that maybe you guys had been working on some quarantine uh, hobbies and skills during uh, your time away. And it turns out our buddy Mike Hall here has been working on his 80s rap skills. So yeah. way to go, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to some of that this morning. Uh, if you hang out with us for just a couple of minutes, you'll learn that while we take following Jesus and serving others very seriously, we do not take ourselves seriously um, at all. Mm -mm. And so if that's okay with you guys, we'd love for you to stick around. Lake Forest is also a place for people who are skeptics and spiritual explorers and longtime followers of Christ can come together as one tribe to discover and live out their role in God's story. If this is your first time here with us, we're so glad that you're here to with us today. You can fill out a form that's coming up online now to let us know that you're here. You can also email us at lfch at lakeforest.org. Mm, mm. Yo, check it. One time, check it, check it. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you got a question, just send an email or drop it in the chat while I spit this rap. What? Mike, are you wearing gold teeth? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Hey, Lake Forest, we also want to thank you so much for your continued generosity with your tithes and offerings. We know that these are anxious times for everyone's finances, and we've all been affected, even in my personal household. But because you've prioritized your giving and giving back to God what he has blessed you with, we're really in a healthy position as a church. We'd love to thank you and encourage you to keep going. You can learn about giving on your screen right now at lakeforest.org give also. Got anything? Yo, I got you. Okay. I got you. Check it. One time, one time, straight from the dome, straight from the <laughs> dome. If you want to tie, this is how you do it. Just click the little link and we'll guide you through it. I can't, I can't spit rhymes on how to give dimes. Believe me, there ain't nothing to it. What? What? Spit what? rhymes on giving dimes. I love it, Mike. Okay, so what is your rapper name anyways? Oh, my, my rapper name, it'd be... Uh, MC Remix, MC you know, Remix. you know. Okay, well, let's see if you have something for this next thing I have coming up, MC Remix. Lake Forest, another thing that you have kicked tail at from the beginning is your um, donations of groceries and other household goods to our friends in Huntington Green, which in case you don't know, is a community that's about a mile from here. It's a largely Latino community. They've been particularly hard hit during this crisis. You guys have stepped up since the beginning, and we just want to share this fun fact that last week, Caterpillar Ministries, who actually runs the food pantry, let us know that they collected 431 pounds in one trip of picking up goods from here. So well done. The need continues, so keep going. Mm, what you got? Mm. I think I got something. Okay. I think I got, check it, one, two. Turn my mic up, turn my mic up. <laughs> yo, yo, the grocery store empty because y'all cleaned it out. I don't know why anyone had one doubt. <laughs> LFC flexing like they always do. 431 pounds of food, what? 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 Okay. Okay. Well, wait, my phone's ringing. Oh, it's probably my management. Hello? Oh, yeah, I'll let him know. Um, Vanilla Ice called. He'd like his wraps back. Mm. 
Hey, you've done an awesome job. You've been working on your skills. We love it. I got three more quick announcements, but I think I'm going to take it from here. Oh, I almost step off okay, like this. Okay, give it up for MC Remix, everybody. Woo woo! Okay, Lake Forest, have you been hanging out with us for a couple of weeks or a couple of years, but you're ready to put down some roots in our community? We hope you'll check out the next edition of Welcome 101, which is coming up online the first week in June. We consider that our best next step to discovering your role at Lake Forest, learning a little bit more about your faith and what we value. So check that out online at lakeforest.org slash classes. Another way that we partner with Huntington Green is through an annual soccer camp. And we're praying and planning that this soccer camp will still be able to happen in mid-July. We'd love for you to pray and plan along with us by signing up to serve now. You can get details about the camp. It matters so much to this community. We want to do everything possible. Um, it means a lot to us, too, um, to make this happen. So learn more and sign up at lakeforest.org slash soccer camp. And finally, if we have your email address in any capacity, um, we sent you a very long email on Thursday. If you haven't looked at it yet or check your junk mails or wherever for your emails and check that out, this is also a great time to make sure we have your email address as well. This email was about the ways that our current planning and wisdom and hopes of returning to in-worship um, in-person worship here on Gilead Road. Um, we're calling those our reconnection waves. Um, we know that many of you are also eager to get back to worshiping with other people. That's why in that email, we also announced that on June 7th, we hope to be launching some home worship communities. Um, Within that email also, most importantly, is a survey because your input matters so much to us as we move forward and make decisions about how we can return safely. So take that survey. If you didn't get it in your email, haven't taken it yet, you can also find the link to that at lakeforest.org slash Huntersville. On behalf of our staff and elders and everyone here at Lake Forest, we just want to thank you for your continued grace and patience and your words of encouragement that you've sent as we journey through this unprecedented and unexpected time together. Jeff Cook is coming up in just a minute now to get us started with today's message. But first, in honor of Memorial Day, would you stand as we say this prayer together? Our holy and gracious God, Help us to remember the sacrifices bravely made in which the one has given life for one another and for all. Help us to remember those that stand in the breach where there is trouble and then where there is conflict threatens to undo your good creation. Help us to remember that we look for the day when every sword will re be replaced by a plow, that all may be fed and all live in your peace. Forgive us every sin that makes for division and for war and bring us all into your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Susan. Well, good morning. Uh, if we have not had a chance to meet, my name is Jeff. I'm one of the pastors here at Lake Forest. Uh, and I'm, I'm super glad to be with you. I have missed being able to be with you like this. But man, the way we've been able to stay connected digitally has really been a source of strength for me over the last couple months. Because let's be honest, we're all trying to find ways to cope, right? Some of us are working on our rap skills. Uh, I tried that for about a minute, didn't pan out so hot. Uh, but, but we're all looking for ways to, to cope with what's been happening over the last couple of months. And, and one of the ways that I've found personally that's just brought a lot of joy and hope to my life I know a lot of other people have engaged too, is this show that I found on YouTube called Some Good News. 
Uh, so this is John Krasinski who played Jim in the Office US version, and he puts on a fake news show uh, where they only tell happy, good, positive stories, right? And, and last week was the final episode. It ran eight weeks, and they kind of recapped everything and then kind of closed off that season or what have you. And I was surprised by how emotional I got, how powerful that experience was. And I started thinking about it, and I realized one of the reasons that millions of people have experienced power from that show is that, is that when that started, man, all the news was heading downstream. It was following this current downstream to, to fear, to anxiety, to despair. And, and that show chose to swim upstream to hope. Every story they told was a story of hope, of love, of triumph. And, and because of that, it held this really special power. And, and it really kind of made me reflect how appropriate it is that in the season we're all experiencing, that we happen to be talking about the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit because it is that fruit that sets us apart, right? It is the Holy Spirit's power in us as demonstrated through that fruit that, that allows us to continue in difficult times. Now, the way most of these weekends have worked is we'll spend a little time just talking about who the Holy Spirit is, uh, and then some time talking about the a specific aspect of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, and so one of the things that has been formational for me in my understanding of how the Holy Spirit functions, uh, once I heard it, I never forgot it. I always held on to it. I figured I'd share with you. And that is this metaphor that the Holy Spirit is a lot like electricity, right? Electricity can be present in my body, but until I touch something, until there's something for it to flow through me into, I don't necessarily feel its power. Its power takes effect when it has the opportunity to flow through me, and that is true of the Holy Spirit. And so, so we are going to talk about a specific aspect this morning, but I thought it might be kind of fun. The way we've been starting these things is, is we read Galatians 5, 22 through 23, and, and that is the list of the fruit of the Spirit. Um, but, but I think the one we're talking about this morning, because of the weariness we're all feeling. Uh, because of the uncertainty, because we're, we're approaching a stage in the, the days, weeks, months to come where decisions are being made by other people that affect us and we're all feeling a little tired and a little heavy, I think that this specific aspect of the fruit of the Spirit has an extra power uh, in its ability to, to change the current of our culture. And so I'm gonna read this and what I'd like you to do is, is look at them and just go ahead and guess based on what I said, what you think we're gonna be talking about. You can drop the answer in the comments, you can tell the person next to you, whatever that is. So we'll go ahead and throw that up on the screen. This is Galatians 5, uh, 22 through 23. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Right, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So I'll give you about 10 seconds. Go ahead and make your guess. So how many people chose gentleness? Right? Because, I mean, when you think of power, you think of gentleness, don't you? Uh, that's, that is what we're going to be talking about. But, but I think it holds a special power in our current climate. Because, like I said, our culture 
our culture is so weary and so tired, we're drifting towards uh, division, towards aggression, and to swim upstream to gentleness, man, that holds power to change the world, right? And that's not the only thing that, that actually holds power in it about gentleness. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to spend our time doing three things, right? First, we need to quickly address the byproduct of gentleness. What happens when we experience gentleness? Uh, then we're going to need to unlearn something that our culture has taught us about gentleness. And we'll spend the rest of our time just looking at what Scripture says is true about gentleness. And we will see why it's so powerful. Uh, so first, to start, we're going to look at Matthew 11, verse 28 through 29. It says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. When we are tired and weary and burdened, we go to him and we find rest because of his gentleness. Right? We get rest because of his gentleness. It's a subtle difference. But that's not talking about us demonstrating gentleness. It's talking about the byproduct of God's gentleness with us. And that is that we can find rest. And I don't know anyone that isn't feeling weary of doing things a new way. That isn't feeling weary of not knowing when the announcement's going to come about the change in policy, what it's going to look like. That isn't feeling burdened for friends, for family, for themselves, whether it's their health or their finances, their business, their dreams. We're all feeling this. And so right now, for us to be able to go to God and experience rest as a result of his gentleness, what a gift. That's powerful. But, but if we really want to understand what it is to demonstrate gentleness, because we're talking about this as a fruit of the Holy Spirit flowing through us, right? Well, well, we're going to have to, to really understand and accept that sometimes showing gentleness doesn't feel good. You know, my wife Rebecca and I, we have five kids under the age of 10. And so for us, um, divide and conquer is like a necessity in daily routines. <clears throat> and one of the, the functions, one of the things that's kind of become my gig at night uh, is when it's time to put Spencer, who is our oldest three-year-old, that is a story for a different time. Uh, when it's time to put Spencer to sleep, that's my, that's my job, right? Like I go, and he's a self-sufficient kid. So like he's either playing with, with cars or he's watching something on, on YouTube Kids or whatever. And I'll kind of go, I'll take whatever he's got, put my arm around him. He kind of nestles in, closes his eyes, and in a minute or two, he's asleep. It, it's honestly one of the best parts of my day because it's so peaceful. Uh, but a few days ago, had a, a certain day where let us just say that my representation of Jesus that day wasn't my best work. Uh, and now we, we reach, it's a little later than normal bedtime, but not too much later. <clears throat> and Spencer's sitting there, he's watching a video on YT Kids. And uh, I go and I take the phone like I always do and I put my arm around him and he puts his head in there, turns his cute little face up at me, opens up his mouth and lets out this banshee scream in my face, like a sonic attack on my face. But I kind of, I held strong and I realized this is gonna pass quick, 
Like, just weather the storm. He's going to chill out. He's going to go to sleep. And after about two or three days, uh, probably it was minutes, felt like days, I realized I don't know that this is going away right away. And every fiber in my being wanted to be like, stop, just to get him to stop for a second so that I could comfort him. I, I felt this, this aggression boiling up in me, but because, probably, I knew I'm preaching on gentleness, and I've been studying it and paying attention to it and praying on it, I decided instead to just exercise some gentleness, to, to continue as he is screaming in my face to, to gently rub his back and, and to shush him quietly and just tell him it's going to be okay. And after a couple minutes, he kind of nestled in, and, and he drifted off to sleep. And I realized that, that exercising gentleness didn't feel good, but man, was it powerful. It, it was this incredible realization that I had. And so, so for us to understand how to exercise the power of gentleness, uh, we are first going to have to unlearn something culture has taught us, right? Culture tells us that gentleness is weakness, Right? We, we're basically taught, most of us from an early age, that we have two responses to any conflict or crisis. There's fight or flight, right? We're aggressive or we're gone. And, and to run away, well, that's, that's seen as weakness. And so, of course, the strong response to that, the powerful response to that, has got to be aggression. But here's the problem. Aggression lacks all the power the Holy Spirit gives us. Aggression has no love. It has no joy, no peace, no patience, no kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Aggression's root is in fear, a fear of not being in control and of what might happen if I don't take control. Aggression is fear masquerading as strength. But because a lot of us have accepted this, we see the opposite of aggression, which is gentleness, as weakness. But that that couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I have uh, several brothers, but one of them's name is Andrew. Uh, he lived with us when he was maybe 13, I think, middle school. Um, and at that time, 13 years old, six foot. Like, he was just a big kid. Now he's a big dude. Uh, but, but I remember him coming home from school. And he's a class clown, right? And, and when he, he's into something, he's passionate. But he's not mean or disrespectful. And, and he'd come home from school day after day and tell me, like, I made a joke the same as every other kid in the class, and the teacher singled me out, right? That, that I, was, I was just trying to argue my point like everybody else, and I got in trouble. And, and I remember telling him, listen, fair or unfair, because of your size, you're going to have to demonstrate more gentleness than other people. And it was in that that you kind of see that, that without strength, gentleness isn't necessary. As a matter of fact, gentleness cannot exist apart from strength. And so, so we realize that gentleness is not, in fact, weakness. It's strength, especially as a follower of Jesus. To be gentle, to choose, to, to put other people before myself, that takes strength. Strength enough to release my human desire to control and to just trust and find rest in God. To trust that the peace he offers me is enough 
in any and every circumstance. Gentleness is strength wrapped in peace. Author L.R. Nost says it this way. She says, gentleness is not weakness, just the opposite. Preserving a gentle spirit in a heartless world takes extraordinary courage, determination, and resilience. Do not underestimate the power of gentleness because gentleness is strength wrapped in peace, and therein lies the power to change the world. So if gentleness is strength wrapped in peace, how exactly does that give it the power to change the world? Why well, I, I did a, a study, so when we look at Galatians, that list of the fruit of the Spirit, the Greek word used there for gentleness is praotis. And so I, I just did a search for that word in that language, that tense, in all of Scripture, and it shows up nine times. All of them are in the New Testament because that's the one that was written in Greek. Um, and when you look at those nine occurrences, this pattern starts to emerge. You start to realize that there are actually three prerequisites for gentleness. And when we understand them, we begin to understand exactly why it's so powerful. And those three prerequisites are relationship, strength, and humility. Now, now as I was looking through these occurrences, one in particular, uh, Galatians 6.1, really encompassed all three of those prerequisites well. Now listen, Galatians is a book in the Bible, but originally it was a letter. Like there was this church planning dude named Paul who planted all these churches and he would write them letters to help them deal with issues that they had going on. And, and so this, this was a letter that Paul wrote to the Galatian church. But in, in Galatians 6.1, he says this, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the spirit should restore that person gently, but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted. So in this verse, we see all three laid out perfectly. But let's start with relationship, right? He begins by saying, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you, right? So brothers and sisters, well, that implies relationship. He's writing to a church family. These are people who play a role in each other's lives. It's in context of relationship. And the next thing he says, where he says, if someone is caught in sin, you, well, that's conflict, right? And, and we all understand that conflict is still relationship. But if we're really going to understand the power of gentleness, we need to broaden our definition of relationship, right? Because we're all very comfortable with the idea that, that if I have a role in someone's life and they in mine, that's a relationship, we can even kind of get with if there's a conflict or some kind of crisis or whatever, that's relationship. But the truth of the matter is that any single interaction I have holds the potential to be relationship, no matter how small. And when I begin to view all of my interactions as relationships, it opens the door to God's power. You know, Paul says this in Titus 3, verses 1 and 2. He says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to always be gentle toward 
everyone. Not gentle towards some, not gentle towards brothers and sisters, not gentle in conflict, gentle toward everyone. Every relation, every interaction we have holds the, the potential to be viewed as a relationship. And, and because of that, it releases the power of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, we said that the Holy Spirit's like electricity, right? If, if there's something for him to flow through me into, well, that's when I most, most clearly feel his power. It's when he's most effective. And so if gentleness only exists in context of relationships, of interactions with anyone, the door is always open for that power. Because gentleness isn't something you can consume, right? Gentleness isn't something you carry out. It's not a thing. Gentleness is a way. Paul goes on uh, in Galatians 6 to say, you who walk by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Protes. Well, what we need to focus on there is that he says, you who walk by the Spirit. Right? What does it mean to walk by the Spirit? And, and a lot of people have, I'm sure, given more exhaustive and comprehensive definitions than, than I can offer, but I really, I see it this way. The fruit of the Spirit is, is the Holy Spirit's power. It is God's power offered through us to serve others. And so to walk by the Spirit is to exchange my strength for God's. And how could, how could that not be powerful? Right, like my strength might pick up some boxes and put them down, but God's strength changes the world. You know, this is not a call to weakness, right? We are not being called to weakness. We're being called to something strong in gentleness. First uh, Timothy 6, verses 11 and the beginning of 12, Paul says this, But you, man of God, flee from all this. And pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Prolotes. Fight the good fight of faith, he says. We're not being called to weakness. We're being called to fight the good fight of faith. This is a call to strength. A strength that is not our own. A strength that can only be achieved because of what Jesus did and through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so we understand that this gentleness, it is powerful because, A, it's got to be in relationship, which means it is always the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And, and B, because it is an exchange of my strength for God's. And how could that not be powerful? But there's a danger. And Paul knew that which is why he said what he says next in Galatians 6. He goes on to say, but watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. See, there is this thing that happens I know in me, and I'm probably not the only one. When I am able to, in context of relationship, exchange my strength for God's and operate in that, this power that happens, if, if that goes on too long, there is a danger that my human nature is going to look at any time I exchange my strength for God's and confuse God's strength for mine. And so what he is saying here, this is a call to humility. 
Because it is that humility that, that protects us, that validates everything that the Holy Spirit is doing through us. You know, Colossians 3.12, Paul says this. He says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, priorities, and patience. Right? We are called to clothe ourselves with these things, but God's the one that provides the clothes. He is the one that provides these things for us. Look, there is a spiritual truth that I have just learned over the years, and that is that God tends to use people most powerfully in situations and, and opportunities in ways that those people have struggled or suffered. Because that suffering produces in us a humility that allows God's power to continue to flow. You know, Rebecca, my wife, found this thing. Uh, she sent it to me. I thought it was awesome. It's on Facebook. I got no idea who, who wrote this, but I think it explains my point really well. Um, and so I'm, I'm just going to read it to you. Your calling is going to crush you. If you are called to mend the brokenhearted, you are going to wrestle with brokenheartedness. If you are called to prophesy, you're going to struggle to control your mouth. If you are called to lay hands, you will battle spiritual viruses. If you are called to preach and to teach the gospel, you will be sifted for the wisdom that anoints your message. If you are going to empower, your self-esteem will be attacked. Your success will be hard fought. Your calling will come with cups, thorns, and sifting that are necessary for your mantle to be authentic, humble, and powerful. Your crushing won't be easy because your assignment isn't easy. Your oil is not cheap. We are being called to humility because it protects us. In 2 Corinthians 10, verse 1, Paul says, By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. I, Paul, who am timid when face-to-face -face with you, but bold towards you when away. There's two things I need to point out about this statement. First, this is written in a letter, like everything else, which means that Paul wrote this while he was away. And does he say he's timid when he's away? No. He says he's bold. And so he is, he is reaching out to them by the gentleness and humility of Christ in boldness because gentleness isn't timid. It's bold. The second thing I want to point out is that he's talking about the gentleness and humility of Christ. Jesus was gentle. He, he could have done whatever he wanted, to reconcile the world, and, and he chose in gentleness to come down and walk shoulder to shoulder in relationship with humanity. He demonstrated enough strength to bear the weight of all of our sin when he had none of his own. And he was humble enough to climb up on that cross and be obedient to death when he didn't have to just to make a way for us to be made right with God. Jesus changed everything through his gentleness. 
And I know when we start talking about Jesus, it's easy to be like, okay, great. But that's Jesus. Like, I'm just some dude. But people have been changing the world through gentleness for centuries. Even in in modern day times, it's not hard to see. Listen, Mr. Rogers, in an era before interactive television, built a relationship with an entire generation of children through his gentleness. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. showed a strength wrapped in peace that is still changing the world. Mother Teresa, whose name is synonymous with loving others, said that it is in humility that our love becomes real. These people changed the world through the power of gentleness. And they were able to do it because all of them found their rest in God. And so as we step into the the days, the weeks, the months ahead, when, when our culture wants to drift down river to division, to, to aggression, find rest in God and swim upstream towards gentleness because in that, you have the power to change the world. So before we go on and, and worship in song and I send you out uh, to go change the world through the power of gentleness, Let's first deal with what we're all really dealing with. Come, all you who are weary and who are burdened, and for the next few minutes, let him give rest to your souls.